Tars World of Gaelic Games. Hello and welcome to the TC Tires World Gaelic Games on Monday the 19th of June. Thanks to Frank Tynan for the next edition of Kilkenny Today and Frank will be back again on Wednesday for another edition of the show. Coming up on tonight's show we'll be looking back at all the weekend's hurling action. We'll have primary schools hurling with Dermot Dunphy, Camogie action with Aoife Lanigan and I'll be running down through all the handball news. If you'd like to get in touch with us we'd love to hear from you. Text us in on our taxback.com line at Clune Tank Company on 086 353 or you can phone us in on 056 or you can also message us on WhatsApp on 087 4011 As always, I'm joined in the studio by Nicky Brennan, Pat Tracy, M. Butler, and tonight we have Paddy the Dog. Good evening, lads. Good evening, Kieran. Good evening, Suppose as we start off with the weekend's hurling action and Paddy uh, Dublin and Carlo played out in Dr. Cullen Park. I know Nicky was at the game as well, but Dublin came through, got a bit of a scare, but eventually pulled away. Yeah, look, uh, they'll be happy enough because it was a, a potential ba- banana skin for him, you know, and I suppose Michael O'Donoghue is probably looking at it as he's in a place there he wants to be. You know, he's got out Leinster. He's in... Um, He's in a quarter-final of an All-Ireland and I know that they have to go down and play Clare in the Gaelic grounds in Limerick, which is a, a bit of a gimme for Clare, I suppose, when you look at it. It's a, it's a home venue, more or less, and all like that, and Dublin wouldn't have that, what I would call a massive travelling support or anything like that, but look, uh, I'd say he's quite happy and uh, Dublin are a better team going in as underdogs because, in fairness, uh, when you seen them against Leicester a couple of years ago, they were kind of very warm favourites to, to, to win that match, but uh, they got turned over by Leicester, and it just shows you on the day. But I think they're coming under the radar a little bit. I, I know they're meeting a higher calibre of of hurler in, in the Clare teams, and that's no disrespect to Carlo or anybody else, but if you look at Dublin, they had Galway up a stick, and Galway had Kenny up a stick for a period of the match, and in fairness, the last gaps, uh, goal by Killian Buckley, got Kenny out of jail in that, a typical Kenny, and I mean that in, in a good way, but uh, Dublin hurled well for long periods against Galway, and if they can put that together again against Clare, you don't know, you don't know what say Clare is in, this is the second year running, that they've lost a monster final and they've lost it by the narrowest of margins and well, their, their, their temperament or their psychological uh, frailties is, is, is strong enough to overcome that and probably get over Dublin. Probably would be, but um, there's still a lot of questions to be answered and uh, then Claire, if they do get over Dublin, they have to go and face Kilkenny in, in a semi-final and they'll be hurting after last year, but it'll be interesting, but Dublin and Carlow is a, is a tight enough match and as Nicky alluded to there in a few minutes ago, we were just speaking privately there, they, they probably didn't deserve to lose by 10 points, Carlo, but uh, Dublin will be glad they got over that, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. And like um, Paddy said there, Nicky, potential banana skin for Dublin, you know, it's gone down to Dr. Cullen, it's a hard place to play, you know, and um, especially with no game for a couple of weeks. So, like, they got the job done, that's all they had to do on the day. Yeah, no, you're right there. Great atmosphere there, Kieran. I mean, to be honest about it, RT really got it wrong uh, doing the, the Tipperary off the match. It was, that was never going to be a contest. No. Uh, and Carlo and Dublin had the atmosphere to steady. The ground was very full. In fact, the full sign was up on the, uh, on the stand 15 minutes before throwing. So it was, uh, it, was, it was excellent from that perspective. So good atmosphere. And then Carlo were up for it a bit. Now, Tom Lally did admit afterwards that they were probably uh, had celebrated a bit. And now maybe he would say that anyway. And they ran out of steam in the last 10 minutes. But in the first half, it was very competitive. Dublin were wor- trying to work the ball up through the lines and it was failing miserably. Their touch was poor. They dropped the ball. They coughed up possession so many times. And Carlo were we- well worth their 13 points to 12 lead at half time. 
Now Dublin did, would have would have the wind in the second half, which was a bit was a bit of a help. But they did start to play more direct. Uh, Danny Sutcliffe played was playing very well, and once they got the ball into um, Keane O'Sullivan at full forward, he was making things happen. But they were very strong in defensive central positions. Owen O'Donnell and Conor Bourke were excellent. Bourke got two fantastic long range points towards the end of the match, uh, and they totally ran the show at midfield with Mark Rogan and Chris O'Leary. And O'Leary, as far as I know, is a Cork guy, uh, Paddy. Rogan, I'm not sure as well. I'm not sure if he's a native of Dublin, but they're very strong there. In fact, O'Leary, the very first point he got, the first score of the game, it could easily have been a goal, but there's great mobility there. And they're running at pace from midfield and they're well able to uh, pick up the ball and the lads in the attack are able to watch him. Now, Donald Burke, their star man, was quietish enough now he quite enough he got uh, eight frees he got eight frees but he was carrying a bit of a leg a heavy leg bandage so I'd say they put him in there he he was taken off so if he can uh, get back to his previous uh, form that he's shown earlier in the championship look they're they're, um, I I don't think they'll beat Clare but I think they'll give him a decent match Uh, uh, Michal Donoghue is actually making progress with this team and if he can get maybe a couple of more, you know, if the, if the likes of uh, Keno Callahan and Chris Crummy, if them lads were to be back from travels next year, they would strengthen it. And uh, he he has he's doing a decent job here, and uh, they won't beat Clare, as I say, but they might they mightn't mind Limerick because it's a big field, much bigger than Dr. Cullen Park, and uh, Dublin like a big field. That's why they opted for Croke Park over Parnell Park. So they're doing okay and uh, Clare wouldn't want to take him for granted and if Clare don't have Conor Cleary back at full back they could have a bit of a challenge with Keane O'Sullivan because he's very good low to the ground to get the ball and he has great pace so it's 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 not a gimme for Clare but I still think their their overall strength will see them through yeah, and Paddy, down. So we're an hour joking there earlier on about the venue and that, and dragging Dublin down. But how do you <laughs> yeah. feel about the venue? Well, look, I tell, I tell you one thing. Uh, I thought it might have been a, a bit, uh, maybe halfway around like that. But sure, look, what can you do? They probably want a double he- double header suits for the television, and uh, and basically that's it. Dublin wouldn't have a, what I would call a massive travelling support if they bring four or five thousand. That would be the very, very good of it, and they'd be doing well to bring that sort of what you know. But look, looking at them there, uh, as Nicky says, there the pitch, a big pitch suits Dublin because their style of play has changed with the likes of Rush gone and Crummy and Keno Callahan gone. They're they're um, they're more mobile. They're very quick. They need a bit of pace. You know, if they turn a player around like that, they're gone. And, and Clare will have to be on their, on their toes, especially their six backs and all like that. And as uh, Owen O'Donnell, I think, after Hugh Lawler, is the, probably the best fullback in, in, in the country, if I may say so myself. I know I'm being prejudiced as being a dog, oh, but, yeah, yeah, but he is excellent. Brilliant. So he is. You know, he's, he is excellent. They have a couple of good subs. The likes of... Uh, 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 Paul Crummy there and Fergal Whitley and Constein. So they won't, they're, they're changed. And Michael O'Donnell, who's not afraid to make changes, and that's the most important thing, you know. But like I said, they're playing a different brand. They're not as big or as physical as they were maybe four or five years ago, you know. Uh, but they still have a lot of pace about them, and they know where the post is. And with Donald Burke there, a sharpshooting, taking freeze, he'll give them a good chance, especially if there's a lot of fouls in it. And Clare are a physical team, so, you know, it's, it'll yeah, be d- interesting. D- 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 Nicky, who's down to referee it? The ref's are not peak yet, yeah, you're so on, yeah. interesting, James Owens of Wexford was refereeing now Saturday evening, and, uh, you know, some of his decisions now I, would, I wouldn't be entirely, and I was totally <laughs> neutral there, I wouldn't be crazy about him in that, you yeah. know? Yeah, no, I'm sure he tends to make the yeah. calls and make it about himself a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah. But, um, Paddy,
he just on Dublin this year uh, to finish third in the group um, with a bit of luck they might have it might have been in a, a Leinster final in a Leinster final I, what I liked about Dublin and I, I know I would have liked to have seen him in a Leinster final myself now against Kilkenny but what I liked about them is that they were 20, they were 15 points up against Galway now any team that lets 15 points go they say they, should, they shouldn't deserve to win it but they went two points down against Galway and now most other times Dublin would have crumbled and whatever way they dragged themselves back and got a level score and, 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 and like I said I think um, if you look at, uh, at Michael O'Donoghue if you said to him you're going to avoid uh, let's say Cork, Limerick or Tipperary he'd be happy you know, he'd be happy, he'd be very yeah, happy. Definitely, and he yeah. would have taken Clare or anybody else or Watford or anybody like that or anybody else in that. He would have taken taken your hand off. So he's probably happy enough. And uh, like I said, the two games, that game, as Nicky said, in the first half, they were all over the place, you know, poor touch and all like that. That game will probably bring him on. Carlo are a physical team as well and they can hurl a bit and that'll probably stand him good stead against Clare going forward. Yeah, no, definitely. And yeah. we'll, we'll look forward to that as well. Yeah. You know, it's a massive forward. chance for him to get, get it. It is, a but you know, uh, as as Nicky said that, that was probably the the, 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 the the match to have on either the GA go or maybe on the telly two counties that that, that, that could do with a high profile in hurling mm. that needs a high profile and, and to grow the, now in fairness in Dublin there's a lot, club hurling is great there's a lot of teams a lot of young kids teams you see them there when they want to come down to Kilkenny they want to play there here all the time but uh, they just uh, they could have made a choice there as it was a foregone conclusion what way Tipperary were going to go against Offaly and that's not being disrespectful to Offaly but that was a tighter game and it would have been a, probably a better spectacle to have on the telly and have a look at you know? and there was a fellow beside me from Dublin and yeah. he was actually living in Ferns he lives in yeah. Ferns and he goes to all the Dublin hurling yeah. matches and he made the observation that the people generally following the Dublin hurlers yeah. are the people who are the, follow the club hurling that's in it. Dublin that's whereas it, yeah. the people who follow the footballers are just everybody and anybody and everybody, yeah, and, everybody, everybody. and anybody there wouldn't is, even yeah. necessarily be association yeah. with clubs they might be a member with, with the hurling fraternity. Yeah, they're very yeah. much part of yeah. the club no, hurling scene in Kilkenny. North Dublin and and the likes of some part, Luke and Sarsfields, Whitehill, Whitehall, Common Kills, uh, all them. They have and all around fingers. They're hurling strongholds, you know. And that's why. And it's a dedicated following in there. And they're all members of clubs and they're all involved with young teams. And that's why when they come to Kilkenny or come down to Cork or anything like that, they're mad to bring teams down to play the likes of these teams and, and pit themselves against them, you know. They're, they're underage structure, yeah. So yeah, no, definitely. Um, Aim and the other match then, uh, Tipperary and Offaly, like the lads said, like you had the Joe McDonough winners in the in the other game against Dublin, you know, the third place and instead to pick Tipperary and Offaly. But uh, Tipperary coming through. Yeah, after I watched both of the on to be honest, I watched I think it was the sixty minutes and they were I don't know what the score was, but when I came back in from being outside there I saw Pat's text and tipping another three goals added to the score line there after the last ten minutes or whatever it was. Do you know, but Tipperary were on fire and uh to, to give them their credit, you know, they just Jesus they were uh, exceptional but awfully were just a bit off of the off of the pace and tip put them to the sword really and you know, it was nearly over the contest after the first five minutes, you know, it was just any puck out Offaly had was going straight to tip, it was back over the bar. They were on point. Um so no one is kind of talking about Tipperary at the moment and in terms of maybe being an All-Ireland contender and you know the, the, if, the, to be no shock or surprise if they turn Galway over but I couldn't call that game now either you know I think it'd be 50-50 and going back to Dublin I think Dublin you know again Dublin the games you don't expect Dublin to do well in they pull a surprise like Galway you know everyone would have thought maybe you know they'll they'll get bet well by Galway they probably should have won it being 15 points up like Paddy said of course but to get the draw but then when you look at the Antrim game earlier in the championship you know, they, they got away with the draw up there with the skin of their teeth. You know, if they had to win that game, they were in an answer final. Do you know, leave the Galway, you know, with the with the Galway result as well. So, yeah, yeah. you know, the Dublin, 
I, I wouldn't rule them out for Saturday, but it depends what Clare turns up. But like Clare are red hot favourites, but all the pressure's on Clare. Um, the whole county of Clare expects Clare to be in an all Ireland against Limerick. If you're to read the media from the Munster side, it's a foregone conclusion that it's going to be a repeat of an all Ireland final between Clare and Limerick. So, well, there'll be a lot of hurling to be played before then, but uh, I'm looking forward to Saturday and I'm hoping maybe to go to the Gaelic Grounds myself. So, if well, her tickets will be like gold, as I say, now come tomorrow, so that might be knocked on the head. But I think. Um, you know, for a double header, I think it is good for the hurling people and uh, and that. But I suppose looking ahead, why? I suppose if you were to be really pedantic, why couldn't it be on Sunday? Do you know, put the two games on Sunday. Um, you have Salton Cup semi-finals. I don't remember Joe McDonough final being on a Sunday, like to scramble in for a Saturday evening. Do you know? And um, the, I just see with the scheduling as well, they're putting Mayo's football match in RT One there as well. I think on Sunday. So if they can change all the schedules around now, all of a sudden, why couldn't they do it earlier for the hurling? Do you know, it's his it it quarter finals, the championship now. Do you yeah, know, exactly. it's the. Yeah, it should be the priority. You're, you're coming into the final. Yeah, you know, yeah. no, and I know I'm, I'm coming from a hurling point of view, but you're, yeah. you're coming in on the home stretch. Like, yeah. just say if Dublin do win now on Saturday, you know, I don't think they will. I'd love them to win, Paddy, and, you know, they, I'd, hopefully they'll go close <laughs> to it. But, like, they'll be out three weekends in on a row again, like, as well. Do you know, so, tis, um, I, I, I don't know what way. The, the first game you'd expect Laird to come through, but the second game. I, I think it'll be a rip-roaring contest. <coughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Pat, <coughs> just uh, with Tipperary, like, they're the one team that consistently get goals, you mm. know, and they've got seven of them again the weekend and, you know, heading down to play Galway, Galway on the back of, you know, losing out the last puck of the game and, you know, it's a massive chance for Tip to get another, get into an All-Ireland semi-final. Yeah, it's a huge chance and um, of all the, the counties this year, the championship, the scheduling of Tipperary's games, they've had the best schedule of games of any, any county. They've had nearly a fourth between every game except... Limerick and Washford. Yeah. That was the only the only game. And this one, well, that was only a run out at the weekend, uh, which is what they needed. And now they're they're just primed for next weekend. So they're they're in a really good position. The only thing is, I'd say the game being in Limerick might be a help to Galway, because uh, it is uh, Coke Park might might suit Tip a little better uh, their forwards in particular but their backs but uh, uh, in Limerick it might be a little bit of a help to Galway might be able to close it down a little bit more uh, and that and uh, you know Galway look Galway are only a puck of a ball uh, away from being Leinster champions so uh, they're not that bad either but uh, and they have, a, they have a reasonable record against Tip so the, the, you'd say Tip would be favourites and are likely to come through and uh, I think if, if Tip do come through I think uh, there'll be a serious serious threat to, to Limerick uh, I, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be uh, it isn't a gimme that Limerick would beat them now no, in my opinion no, it'll be it'll be interesting to see now, you know. And like you said, Pat, like the historically, t- there's not between even the last couple of years. There's not between Tip and Galway. It's a puck of the ball no, either time right, yeah, yeah, when Galway yeah. won the All Ireland. Yeah. You know, it was a puck of the ball when Tip won their All Ireland. There was only a puck of the ball in either of the semi finals. You know, so yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see yeah, now. Yeah, it was uh, probably an injury to a corner back that maybe you know gave Tip the edge in that semi final that day. You know. Yeah. Uh, that went on and they went on to win it and so there is very little between them so it it should be right good but I, I couldn't understand why um, you know the Carlo Dublin game wasn't on the telly no, live no they couldn't either because yeah, there was nothing on yeah. in the afternoon uh, now in, in, in fairness the ladies football was on TG Cahar and uh, there was um, the 
two cracking games actually but uh, you know there was nothing on RTE and you wouldn't you wouldn't realise that the Saturday game is on there's no promotion of it at no, all no. and that uh, you know so it's uh, I, I as someone said to me you know it's on GA Go and all this stuff sure it was better on Sky than GA Go more way better yeah, more 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 the other problem they had uh, on Saturday with GA Go as well and uh, an interesting tweet actually from uh, uh, Shane Brophy from um, one of the news, Nina newspapers he'd be a, a member that the Brophy clan that's in this station here uh, the Jago broke down because of uh, issues with the um, with um, electrical thunder, and, thunder and lightning mm. and all of that and actually Shane brought up a very important thing in a tweet actually that uh, the players were out on the field in Tullamore during some of the thunder and lightning and he posed the question about the the headgear they were wearing and also the um the the, the steel band on the hurleys in some cases in fact um, our colleague Richie Power had a golf classic out in Callan for Carry Shock and they had to uh, halt play for a couple of hours I think and, uh, on right, Saturday yeah. morning oh, so that, I think yeah. he's raised a very good issue for the GA that they probably need to look at and, and I, I, don't, I don't mean that in a flippant way I think it's something but in relation to last uh, Saturday I think we have to acknowledge and I know our good uh, regular listener in Medaway sent me in an old text yesterday even thanking me for remembering it but with Seamus Callany he's now registered 40 championship goals all from play now we, uh, we you know there are maybe one of our greatest uh, rivals but you have to acknowledge that that is a serious achievement by a player and he mightn't be finished yet and also the score last Saturday um, was the highest um, was the highest score in a learning senior championship history so Tipperary have a, a agreement path they're in a decent position now you have to balance it against the opposition uh, they totally thrown into towel at an early stage but uh, Callan's achievements the high score was, a, was you know it puts them in a decent position going in but they'll find Galway won't be as uh, accommodating as the uh, off defence oh and he probably would have had 41 only for the greatest hook of all time I said that to Jim last yeah. night as well in fact and uh, uh, no, no, I, I, no I mightn't have said that last night but it was uh, I was on a programme today with our game with Shane Stapleton and I, I, I mentioned it and uh, I said to Shane but you look at the, the, the best defensive instant it, it uh, Hulk in, in all time the best defensive piece of work that I've probably ever seen in my lime on a hurling field was JJ Delaney Hulk and Seamus Caldon when he was already almost ready to wave to the crowd I said that'll go down as the best ever so uh, Shane did make the comment to me but I think he had already scored 2-6 or in, in the championship or whatever it was but uh, I couldn't let the occasion go no. I think uh, everyone that all overshadows <laughs> James Royals like it was in 2003 or six. Or, or six. Jerry O'Connor. Uh, Jerry O'Connor. Yeah. yeah, that he 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 had a a similar flick. And don't forget Nick Nicky Quay's one against Cork where the Wonder First All Ireland wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Harnady, yeah. was a yeah. Yeah. Harnady had it in the back of the net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came across the flick, yeah. you know. Yeah. They're, they're all moments people forget, you know. They, they they do, yeah, yeah. On on the Saturday game, just for the point of view of listeners, because I mentioned this morning on the on game uh, podcast we were doing as well, where Donald Log was talking about hurling and uh, more or less bemoaning the fact that so few counties. I did an exercise uh, from 1950 to 1922 to 2022. That's 73 years of All Ireland finals. In football, that's in those 73 years, there was an average of 32 counties participate. Now it might be 31, 33, but an average of 32. There was 14 winners in that period of time. So 44% of the participants won all Ireland's in that 73 years. In the case of hurling, nine counties won in that same 73 years. Now I put an average participation there in of 14. Now there was various B winners and Joe McDonough winners and other people coming in at various stages of time. So that's why I'm leaving that 14, which is possibly high. But six 
64% of the participants in the Liam McCarthy Cup have won the competition. So the, the point I'm making is that actually more counties have, have actually won the Liam McCarthy Cup over that 73 years than have won the Sam Maguire Cup in football. So, you know, it's not as... That should be taken into, in, into account, to be fair to it. And then Hurling has now put in this five different groups with McCarthy, uh, McDonough, Ring, Record and Mar. And belatedly, the Talton Cup seems seems to have been accepted by counties now and not before its time. Thanks for that, Nicky. Brilliant stat. And it was like, must have been like a gust out in Callan Golf Club then the weekend for the Kerry Shock with all the thunder and lightning stuff and everything going ahead. <laughs> uh, that was only early morning. Early, early morning, morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all well gone by ten. Richie, Richie, Richie sorted it out. He waved up to the man above and he just right. pushed back. <laughs> right, we'll take our first break, Jane, after where we'll be talking primary schools hurling with Dermot Dunphy. Tars World of Gaelic Games. TC Tars World of Gaelic Games. And welcome back. Just at 28 minutes past six, we're delighted to be joined on the lane by Dermot Dunphy. Good evening, Dermot. Hello, Kieran. How are you keeping? Not too bad. Uh, Dermot, a uh, busy time for the primary schools, obviously coming towards the, the end of the school year and uh, plenty of finals and that down for decision. Absolutely, here on yeah. No, we're 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 in the midst of it now, and in, in, in the thick of it, as you say, um, we have a, a, like in total, there's there's actually ten finals to be played. We have one extra kind of unusual one this year, which is a Ryan C Shield final, uh, which which is a, a, a an extra final this year. But we have apart from that, then we have the right the, the obviously the six under thirteen finals, Ryan A B C D, uh, the Corn de Valder and the Tommy O'Brien Cup, and then there's three under eleven finals in A B and C. So at the moment, Kieran, we've actually four of them played. Four of them got played last week. And uh, this coming Wednesday, we have another three down for decision. And hopefully then by, obviously, with the, the 30th of June looming quickly, very shortly after that, we'll get the final games played. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a massively busy time. And a, a very kind of, uh, for schools, a very uh, a juggling time because, you know, schools had things like, they, they have we've had breaks uh, there with the June Bank holiday. You have things like... Um, school tours happening and different stuff like that so between one thing and another a, a great juggling time going on at the moment but we're starting to get there Yeah and like we, we used to say to Jim previously um, Dermot it's a brilliant time for the schools you know getting into to Nolan Park to play those finals like last Monday night I know there was a final there I think and when we were coming back down from the studio the cars the car park was full down there so it's, it, it, it's it, it was happened. indeed yeah, last, last Monday night was a particularly good challenge out here on because we, we had two finals on we we had the Ryan D and then we, uh, which, uh, which was between uh, Wine Gap and Tullerone repeated last year's uh, uh, final and then followed that then with the Corn de Valdra, which is the first of a, of, of a, a two-part series which uh, is between Bunscall, Macaulay, Rice and Gordon because the same two teams are actually meeting in the Ryan A final as well, which can happen from time to time uh, the, the way that the draws throw it up. But on top of that, there was actually a county board beating that Monday night as well. So between one thing and another, Nolan Park was extremely busy last Monday night and it was a brilliant start for us, Kieran, because we got two very, very good games um, the 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 first game the the uh, top oil Ryan D uh, final was won again this year by Wine Gap overcoming Tullerone second year in a row I'd say the two teams met Wine Gap got a flying start two goals in the first couple of minutes and held on then to win by five points so you can see a cracking game all the way through great hurling on display and then after that the, the current of Aldra, Tommy Waldron Cup um, I'd say 
from early in the year it looked like uh, Gorn and Callan were the two teams that were going to be could, could dominate this year because they did it in football as well and sure enough and they produced a great match I have to say between them it was the the, the boys from Bunskull Macaulay Rice out in Callan who came out on top there on the scoreline of 5-7-2-7 uh, three goal deficit might seem a lot uh, but it really was it was a tighter match than that it was just Callan got the goals at the right time especially early in the second half and uh, try as they might go and couldn't get back at them saying that they're meeting this Wednesday night in the uh, Party Pharmacy Ryan A final uh, which is on at, at 7.45 on Wednesday evening again in Nolan Park and it, uh, it it promises, I'd say again, it's going to be another very good match. Obviously, at the moment, Callum will be the favourites in many people's eyes, but I think Gorn will still have a lot to say about that. It'll be interesting to see what they've learned from the first game. Yeah, exactly, Darren. And to look at the scores, you know, 5 7 to 2 7, I know, look, there's three goals of difference, but there's similar enough scoring patterns. So if a goal or two went in early for one of the team, for, for Gorn, oh, might, it very, might Very much so. I, I, was, I, was down at, I was down at one end of the field there and. Uh, when the game was quite, uh, when the game, game was very much in the medal pot, a long ball hit the, uh, came in, got a deflection and hit the ball to the post, which would have seen Gordon right back in the game. The ball went up the field, and two minutes later, uh, Callan got a goal, and that was the turnaround. You know yourself the way things work in Hurling, you know. No, definitely. Uh, uh, so saying that thing here, and we got two more games played then the, last week as well, just to, to kind of finish off on that day. We had the Top Oil Ryan B final on Thursday evening. Uh, Kilmana versus Clara uh, again a match that was much anticipated um, because when the teams met early in the year there was a point between them in favour of the boys from St. Coleman's and Clara uh, they met there on, on Thursday evening served up as an absolutely anyone who's that has said a fantastic game of hurling uh, a huge crowd in this, yeah, at that again for a single game on its own we had a huge gate coming in and uh, we were delighted with that it was the Kilmana St. Aidan's the Kilmana who came out on top. The scoreline, 3.13 to 10 points. Again, maybe, doesn't tell the full story. Kilmana got their goals and took them with, with a plum, I have to say, some beautiful hurlers uh, at the right times. Clara, hard as the try, just could not breach the Kilmana defence. And uh, goals win matches, and in this case they did, uh, and put Kilmana very much in the driving seat. Meant Clara had to chase the game a bit towards the end. But they tried, as Clara teams always do, they fought at the very end. But I think everyone agreed on the evening. It was that Kilmana were the deserving winners. And our final final then uh, last for last week was um, the Ryan C final, the uh, Crotty Pharmacies Ryan C final, which was played between Kilkenny CBS and Freshford. Uh, Freshford are also in the Tommy O'Brien Cup final, so they were heading trying to look to do a double. Uh, Kilkenny CBS back in the final for the first time they reckoned in twenty years. And uh, while people might be surprised to see him at Ryan C. Uh, any, any division has gone so competitive in Kilkenny now uh, you know that, that uh, they were they, they, they were fighting hard there to get into that final and did very very well this game was the tightest of the week it finished uh, 1-5 to Kilkenny CBS 7 points to Freshford people might say low scoring game in that it was I was in it, it was a brilliant game it was absolutely end to end stuff I think what marked out for me was the, the tackling and, and the defensive work, the blocking and tackles and so on. One goal in this proved to be very, very crucial. Middle of the second half, when Freshford had got back to win at a point of CBS, uh, CBS struck for the goal. And strangely enough, didn't manage to score after that, but I managed to limit uh, Freshford to three further points. And in the end, it was the, it was the boys from Stephen Street who had their first win since uh, the year 2000, believe it or not. And Boy, did they really enjoy it and celebrate it. Heartbreak for Freshford, but they do have the chance 
uh, in the Tommy O'Brien Cup to, to maybe finish their season on high and I'm sure they'll be doing everything they can to do that Thanks for that Dermot um, like you said some brilliant games there and it's brilliant to hear you know the old schools coming back as well you know that would have had success down through the years as well some of the old names are appearing again which is brilliant to see and obviously some new oh, schools the, the, coming the as well the traditional names are, they are indeed the traditional names are coming just to let you know then Kieran, so the other games we have on Wednesday the Ryan uh, C under 11 final is between Freshford actually again uh, who are playing Tullerone which again is repeated last year's Ryan C final so that'll be interesting the Ryan A you talk about traditional names St. Canis's who of course have been probably the strongest school team for the last 20 years uh, in, in, in the county they're playing Ballahale that, that doesn't get much more traditional than that I'm sure and as I say the Ryan A under 13 final is a repeat of the current of Altra. and then following that we have the other matches we have left to play uh, we have the Tommy O'Brien Cup which is Freshford and they'll be playing St. John's. Just got a result literally before he came on there that St. John's had overcome his downy to sit today in that semi final. And we also have the Ryan B uh, under 11. Now, it's one of the semi finals that has to be played here. Rowan the would play in days fourth in the semi final. Moonkind are awaiting the winners in the final. So we're working on those fixtures. We also then, as I said, have the new Ryan C Shield. We did something slightly different with the Ryan C this year, Kieran. <laughs> Uh, we had 16 teams in it, so after the after the league stage, the top eight, the top two in each group, went uh, into the cup competition, and the others went into the the shield competition. And the shield has proved to be a very good competition. Uh, and so we're we're still waiting. Uh, Donna Magan has to play St John's. That's tomorrow. St John's are going to have a very busy week, and uh, we have Glenmore waiting uh, in the wings there in the final. So there, there's two competitions there where we have a semi final to get out of the way, and we'll have the finals ready. But, uh, you know, another busy eight, nine days after that, it'll be plain sailing and hopefully everyone will have enjoyed a great school competition year. Absolutely, Dermot, and uh, thanks a million for giving us that in-depth report and uh, giving us the updates of the upcoming games as well. It's greatly appreciated, and um, for anyone that's available on any of those evenings, get over and watch those games because, like you said, the skill level, defensive level, everything is there to, to be seen, and they're the future of Kilkenny Hurland, so we encourage anyone to get in and watch those finals. Absolutely. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks very much, Dermot. And that was uh, Dermot Dunphy joining us there. Um, Aoife Lanigan, um, the, on the Camogie front, <coughs> what's the, the latest news for us? Um, well, I suppose the, bi- the biggest um, breaking news, uh, I don't know if you saw there, that uh, it was on the news that was coming over that uh, <coughs> ladies football and Camogie panels to play the rest of the 2023 championship under protest. Uh, senior intercounty ladies, uh, I just had a meeting this morning up in Dublin and a lengthy statement was released by uh, the GPA saying that uh, they're not happy the way they're being treated or whatever. Uh, so 24 of the county players were in attendance and uh, it's a, a six-page p- six um, press release. So it's what does it mean thing. they're going to go, go slower, <laughs> everybody? What does it mean? Uh, well, it seems that they're not getting... Like, you look at it. Uh, be, well, we kind of understand ourselves, but the intermediates, like you've got girls probably coming home from... No, no, I don't mean that, but I mean, what did, they, what did they mean that they're going to play under protest? What does it actually mean in the context of the No, I didn't read it, read it fully, because as I said, it's six pages, the whole of it, but it seems that they're going to, <laughs> I don't know, they say under protest with the commas, so it's saying that they're not happy that they're not getting their expenses, an awful lot of it is, so that they're going to do it, and hopefully it gets up now, so I don't really know the whole story about it. But that's I, an awful lot. I of suppose it. it's kind of uh, we're going to play, but we're not happy. Yes, yeah, more or less. They're looking at it, yeah, and, yeah. and it's a breakdown of what they're supposed to be getting paid money-wise for 
doing travel expenses, you look out as people are coming from Cork. We have it ourselves with the intermediates. You have girls coming home from Cork and they're not getting anything towards them or whatever. And it's like if you want to have a look at it. No, I don't. I'm well aware of what's in it. Can we play under protest in Hamball, Nicky? Good question, Kieran. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you guys are travelling the whole length and breadth of the country. Look, I know this is an issue. I mean, this is no surprise. I'm not sure why they're doing this, given that there's discussions going on at the moment between the, with Mary McAleese and all that stuff is going on. So they've kind of they've kind of dropped a, a bit of a bomb into the middle of the discussions now. And and I'm, I'm totally now outside of anything. I'm nothing got to do with it whatsoever. But my reading of this is that the people involved in those discussions will see this and uh, will not be happy that this grenade has been thrown into discussion and it's not going to do one bit to help the, the this, this advancement going forward. But isn't it uh, sort of encouraged by the GPA? Oh, sorry, on the button, you're on yeah. the ball, Pat. I completely agree with you. I think this is this is a misguided uh, a misguided thing. And uh, the, uh, the L, rather ironically, the Camogie invited the uh, group in to make a presentation at the last Camogie or Corley meeting. The GA wouldn't respond to anything. They said discussions are ongoing. And the LGFA... Uh, who got a bare bit of flack from the group. In fact, they issued a big long statement this evening as well, saying about how much they they, uh, they actually give out in the two, to the LGFA ladies at the moment. Um, I mean, I, I know what the, the issue here is, is that the players are travelling and they're not getting expenses, meals, showers, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but that's at the nub of what this uh, reorganisation is about. Because both ladies' organisations are coming to the table. Um, they're not bringing much finance to the table. There's only one party here has the finance in all of this. And I've said this from a long time. This is uh, this is where there's an expectation that the GA will open the checkbook and they'll just uh, they'll be everyone will get treated the very same. If that happens, it happens. But bear in mind, it's going to the cost of this is simply going to be a case of you you if that's paid out and that may be a decision, then it has to be taken from something else. So don't expect a grant for your pitch development or for your inter county development. There'll be less coaching staff out there because they won't be able to pay them. That's that's the reality the cake is only so big slice it and dice it any way you like that's going to be the outcome of it it's as simple as that Kieran. and from a handball perspective it might be no harm to be banging a few tables now to be honest about it yeah no definitely yeah 100% thanks for that Nicky um, Aoife the next <coughs> game for Kilkenny then in the senior camogie is the 24th against Dublin away yeah uh, in uh, Parnell Park at 2 o'clock so uh so at least they're getting a, a good pitch. Not like the intermediate's been thrown out to TUD, Blanchard, Sonia. Um, they, they have to win it. Uh, they they kind of had when they were in the lead too. So, like, you don't know what Dublin, Tipperary had a good comprehensive win against Dublin already. So, yeah, kind of Kenny have to put the, their head down now that they had the 10-point lead and then kind of to, to let it go. But, yeah, I think that they're, they're ready to go and getting back into it to go back and training them well and getting getting the good result against Dublin is like like beaten by two three pints. I know it's a win, but they kind of have to get the scoring difference as well and make it high as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, the, the intermediates aren't out, is it? Till or the next match then for Kilkenny is the second a home game against Wexford. The the home game next one for the seniors is against Tipperary on the first of July here uh, in Nolan Park at six o'clock. And sorry, that's the under 16s, isn't it? Oh, the under 16s is, is, is the 2nd of July, yeah, yeah uh, against Wexford. Yeah. yeah. But we don't know where that venue is. Could be, could be, uh, Callum, we're not sure. We haven't heard yet where the fixtures are. Perfect. Um, any other Camogie news? For you we were saying about the Inters, we're kind of like, there's two games still left uh, in, in, in us, so we're not sure the draws are on the, uh, after the 1st of July in Nolan Park, after the senior match against Tipperary. Uh, they're doing the draws for both senior and intermediate and junior, so to kind of see where we go. So the intermediates 
top of our table after winning our three games. Um, so we're either into quarterfinal on the eighth, or we're in uh, which those quarterfinals will be played in. Um, some of them will be played in Nina, and then the semi-finals then will be the twenty fourth of July. So we don't know, but girls trade. We've kind of had a, a break off last week. We had great Pilates class there with uh, there on Friday Friday evening, so we're back into on tomorrow night for the take the ground running again now for the next few weeks and continue on. Brilliant. And um, just in the long puck then, Rachel Dolan crowned the senior champion and uh, the girl of the Killeens from Freshford under, yeah, under 16. Yeah, there was a great turnout. I think there was a they great that, that they can get the, the, the GEA to do it as well to get combined down and great, great uh, camaraderie between the GEA and, and the Camogie girls kind of and lads going down um, seeing them going down and like great banter and kind of getting it and probably getting tips from them as well or whatever and yeah it's great to see Rachel like she she has a fantastic strike a lot of people say she's a she's a free only a free taker she's not we've had her under 16 so I kind of know what kind of player she is she is an exceptionally good player and I think that'll help her as well that I know it didn't stand to her also like uh, she did get on the minor team of the year yeah, uh, exactly, Electric yeah, Island minor team of the year uh, which is great for her so yeah so that's kind of that title and then we're getting that and then hopefully then going on, on to Leinster um, Pukvada um, on the 8th of, of 8th of July so best luck to both Michelle and Rachel Yeah brilliant for her and uh, it's not shortage of hard work anyway you'd always see Rachel down James's power practicing her striking you know mm-hmm. both left yep. and right and practicing her freeze so it's yep. not an exceptionally good player yeah. around and her dad there as well, uh, Mark. So they kind of like all there, and her, her sisters on the younger age group um, teams as well. So like kind of, they're all there, and good luck to them all. Yep, exactly. And we'll be giving Joe a mention. Uh, we can't forget Joe either. He won an under fourteen Leinster yesterday, so we'll have the handball lose for you just after this break. Thanks for that, Eva. TC Tars World of Gaelic Games. TC Tars World of Gaelic Games. And welcome back. As always on the Monday, we're delighted to be joined on the line by Andy Comfort. Good evening, Andy. Kieran, good evening. How are you doing? Not too bad, Andy. Um, two cracking quarterfinals ahead of us this this Saturday evening. Uh, starting at four and a quarter past six. The first one up Clare and Dublin, and then followed by Galway and Tipperary. And massive opportunities for the four teams. Only two can get to the semi-finals, but a huge chance for them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like a picture that was a bit hazy there a few, uh, four or five weeks ago, and that was become clear, I suppose. We're at the business end, and uh, I was with, with uh, after uh, after the weekend, we'll know who the, the four protagonists are, you know. So we can sit back in Kilkenny and Limerick, they can sit back and, and enjoy the games and analyze uh, what's going to happen. They're going to be, I predicting them to be very close, you know, because like everyone has to trust the shackles basically now and go at like there's no back door, there's no anything, uh, any, any safety net, you know, it's, it's pure knockout and um, they're in for two cracking games, I think. Oh, definitely, and like we were just talking, go, uh, Carlo gave Dublin a good test last week, and that probably will stand to to Dublin going into against Clare. You know, Clare on the back of another probably heroic defeat, as they say, to to Limerick. But you know, do, a massive chance for Dublin there to, if they could get off to a good start and really put it up. Yeah, like yeah, Dublin. Like, listen, realistically speaking, you'd be expecting Clare to come through, but like. Dublin, you know, they're, they're no back numbers and they'll make it awkward. As you said already, they're going to be of a wake-up call and it could stand to them, you know, in, in the game. So, listen, I'd be expecting the Dublin to put it up to him. I've got huge respect for the manager. I think he'll he'll, um, he'll definitely have him primed for the day. And, uh, like, I suppose, like, 
with the amount of road these lads are after going down, I think you have to look deep into your panel. I think you'll agree with me. You're like it's going to take twenty guys, you know, to 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 because the the games have come hot and heavy and injuries, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think it's going to whoever has the best bench in both games is going to be the the the, the two teams that win. You know, it's going to like players are you know build up of injuries uh, on the road a long time consecutive weeks you'd, you'd be looking for uh, a big impact for subs that come on you know and like listen Dublin only recently in recent years yeah Dublin winning Club All-Ireland so like they're no back number but you'd have to fancy Clare yeah no especially down in the Gaelic grounds as well you know it's a place they're f- familiar with they'll have a big crowd coming in behind them as well Andy and you know they'll see it to, the crowd will be trying to push them to get back up to the All-Ireland semi-final yeah, you know, exactly, crack yeah exactly they want like, they, they, like they're on a bit of a, of an upper curve Claire now how good they are only time will tell but like they'll have a big test on on, on, on the weekend um, the, the, they have the crowd behind them as you said they're expecting um, and I suppose it does no harm to win a minor All-Ireland either, you know. So, like, they're definitely on an upward curve. Now, whether they have the material, like, I look down at their names and it's the same protagonists all the time, you know, that are there, four players there, you know, uh, John Conlon, Shane O'Donnell, you know, Tony Kelly. Uh, these are the guys that are coming up the whole time with big, big game performances. And I suppose... Like if you're sitting down to try and beat Claire, they're the guys you're going to have to, you know, try and stifle in some shape or form. It go a long way to beating them, but you'd be expecting Claire and the crowd and the upper corridor on, you know, to to win that game. Uh, but it will be a struggle like that. No, definitely. And the second game then, and the uh, Tipperary and Galway, there's nothing between those two teams, anything to play each other. And we just have a text in here from Benjamin over in the Isle of Lewis, and he was wondering would Tip's concession of 318 suggest defensive vulnerabilities, uh, vulnerabilities that Galway could exploit, or can they be mm. excused given the results wasn't ever in doubt? I, listen, I wouldn't read too much. Like, let's. Let's look deep into uh, uh, awfully they were after being beaten in the John McDonough final. Like it's hard to get back at it and back, get back on the train again and go again. Tip like we're after getting a wake up call against Waterford. You, you know, like I don't know if the concession means anything. Like Tip are dangerous. I, I like I, I've I voice my opinion on Tipperary. They're going to be very very dangerous. Like, I don't know how Galway are going to go about winning this game. I think it's Tipperary's. Uh, uh, Tipperary will take a lot of stopping in this game, I think. T- Galway, like, the heart of their defence seems to be, you know, I don't I don't know about the centre-back, full-back situation with Galway. And a lot of their forwards are leaving a lot to be desired. And I think that's uh, tip as well seem to be coming at the right time uh, Liam Cahill listen he's, he, he's a great manager he'll know how to get the best out of these lads and I think Tip are you know Tip are very dangerous and I wouldn't be overly worried Liam Cahill might be you know they'll analyse it and say but in the cold light of day listen I think the concession of that like the game was virtually over you know to our, just just before half time I, I, listen if Liam Cahill could have called off the match, I'd say he would have loved to have called off the match when they were ahead, but unfortunately they had to go through and play it. 
Offley, I don't know if that's you know a true reflection on Offley hurling. It's probably a bit one one sided task. Offley to go out after after being beaten in a national final and, and ask them to go in and play again. I don't know if the dynamic of that is any good for anyone, Offley or anybody else, or Tipperary. So listen, I'd be expecting Tip to beat Galway. Galway have a lot of question marks over them. You know, I I I don't know about the full back situation. I don't know about the half uh, centre half back and. Like it's only a couple of years since Galway won in All Ireland, but they just don't seem to be clicking, and I can't see anything in them to t- to tell me that they're going to win. Yeah, this quarter final, I think it's Tipperary. So, uh, I think uh, I actually think they can win it easy enough. Um, they seem to be coming on uh, 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 with with good youngsters, teamwork. They're slinging around the ball very fast, very accurate. Have speed up front. Jamie Callanan is coming back. He left him in the subs by design. I'd say early in the season to get to get he's to kick him into gear. Say, listen. Listen, you're on this team. You're going to have to work your way into the team. It gives you that when you see Shami Callan at the moment, he has that pep in his step. You think he's slightly after getting a bit of a wake up call off a of Cal early in the season. He has to earn his place, and now he's learned to hold. So all positives from from Tipperary, I think. No, definitely, Andy. And I suppose this time next week we'll we'll know our two semi finalists, and um, we'll know us who Kilkenny will be facing. Look, it's an exciting time of the year, you now when the knockout championship starts. Oh yeah, like it's it's hard it's hard to believe, Kieran, that like in six seven six weeks time the whole thing is over and done with, and and like we're coming to the business end. It's great. It's a great boost for us in Kilkenny to be able to sit back, watch it. Get get trained into the guys, get our injured players back, weigh up what's going on in this quarter final, and 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 see see like what way we have to go about winning. We can we can we can get our build up our momentum slowly up along to to, to peak and in, in the semi final. And I, I said it before. I think we're in a better position this year. I think our players are physically stronger. They're a bit more experienced, and we have a bench, and we can bring in lads, which is highly important to have a bench to bring in, which was proved the last day. I think we're in a better position this year, albeit like fingers crossed, all the injuries you you know have to you have to get your team there in one piece on the day. But but I think we're way stronger, and I think that um, we're going to take a bit of stopping. The other semi-final, I'd be predicting a, a, a tip Limerick semi-final. Hannan gone is a is a big blow to Limerick. I think he's. I think if I stand corrected, he's. He, they came out today, Kieran. Yeah, he's, he's going gone to miss the semi-final. Semi, yeah. He's going to be a huge loss for them. Like he's the fulcrum of the team. You know, everything is built a bone around him. He's able to drive forward, get a couple of points. He's able to be back in the half-back line. He plays with confidence. He brings other players into the game. Like, that's a big blow uh, for Limerick, you know. So, listen, there's a, like, even though it's going to be over in six weeks, there's an awful lot of hurling to be done uh, at this stage. And the quarter-final this week, the picture become clear for us who we're playing. And again, as I said, if you can get your team to the to to the uh, to the throw in with your full team, you, you, you definitely have a big chance. And uh, I'll be very positive about Kilkenny. And I think if we can clear up the few injuries, uh, we're in there with a great shout, a great shout. And uh, we probably, please God, we'll be looking forward to the final. You know. No, definitely, Andy. And look, um, hopefully, we we we'll be looking ahead to the semi final and hopefully a final then in time. But um, as always, Correct, Andy. Yeah. 
Thanks a million for, for joining us on, yeah, on a Monday night. Yeah. It was great excellent. to appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. it. And uh, we'll great. touch base with you next Monday when we'll know who Kilkenny will Brilliant. be facing in that semi-final. And we can analyse that. That's great, Kieran. Thanks, thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks very much, Andy. And that was Andy Comfort, as always, joining us on the Monday. Right before we finish up, I'll run down to our handball results from the weekend. Hugely successful weekend for Kilkenny Juvenile Handballers. The under 13 singles, there was victory for Gary McHugh from the Kilfane Club under 13 double. Steve Hine and Robbie Lyons came out victors in that under 14. Joe Dowell had a great win up in Crow Park, his first Leinster senior. Leinster singles medal um, in the under 14 doubles it's a great win for Jake O'Neill and Conor Minogue both from the Kells Club under 15 singles Andrew Brennan won that great for Andrew after missing out last year's season with with the injury so he was delighted up in Crow Park to get the medal as well then there was victory for Daniel Hayes and Hugh Healy up in Crow Park as well they came out top then another brilliant win for Anthony Clifford in the under 16 singles Reen Dowling and James Kenny lost out in the under-16 doubles. Michael Staines lost out in the under-17 singles. And unfortunately, Alex Begley and Keane Farrell also lost out. There was victories then for Quill and Dowling in the girls' under-13 six, under singles. Under-13 doubles, Ellie Roach and Abby Flanagan had no game. They travelled up, but they had no opponents. A good win for Shauna Hayes there in the girls' under-14 singles. Casey Jordan had a great win in the under-16 singles. And then Holly Byrne lost out in the under-17 singles. Coming up this week then, the minor singles aller Norman Oak travels, it looks like, to Mullingar to play a Fiacro duel. In the intermediate singles, Kyle Jordan is into the intermediate singles semi-final. He had a great win over his clubmate and first cousin Jack Holden in an all Kilkenny Leinster final. Brendan Burke is in the over 35B single semi-final and Willie Holden is in the Golden Masters A single semi-final or final, I think it is, on Sunday as well. Then in in the ladies, uh, Amy Brennan from the Clock Club, she plays Cleon O'Connell in the junior singles final and then in the intermediate singles final, Kira Mann plays in the final of that as well. A new drop-down system for that and Finally, just Robbie McCarthy added his tenth in a row senior or his tenth senior singles title in the men's open, and Katrina Casey won the girls, and then Jodie Keelan won the minors uh, final as well. She def- and she only barely defeated Emer Barron from the Wingap Club in the Leinster final eleven ten. So it just goes to show where, how far Emer has come, and she was only an ace away from winning that minor title herself. So that's where we leave it for tonight. And to Nikki, Pat, Eamon, Aoife, and Paddy the Dub, and Andy for joining us on the phone and most of all thanks to you for listening to home stay tuned after seven for the best of country in Irish and until next Monday night good night and God bless we'll talk to you then TC Tars World of Gaelic Games